0: Hey everyone, welcome to Caffeinated Humor. You know, there's a a thing that I've said for years about karma that um, there's always a chance it'll catch up with me, but I doubt it. But everybody always says that karma's a bitch, and I've always held that karma is a bitch. A fairly lazy bitch that has never carried its weight. If karma even worked a tenth of the time, we would not need laws because everybody would be watching their shit because karma's out to get them. But that's me. I tend to believe these things. But then there's stuff that happens in the world. I honestly wish I had a notebook with me and I could pull people aside. If something good happened to someone or something happened bad to someone, I wish I could take them aside like in a reality show and I could just interview them, preferably with a big bright light in their face like an interrogation. Not necessarily with like thumb screws or sodium pentothal or anything like that, but just talk to them long enough to get some words out of them, some truth. If it's a good thing that happened to them, are they a good person? Did they deserve this, or are they a shitty person? And shitty people typically will tell you what good person they are, and that's their first indicator that they're a shitty person. But when it comes to shitty things happening, I say I, I can't be—I could be wrong—but it's like nine times out of ten, it's happening to a good person. I've seen some of the most devout moral people I've ever seen reduced to, like, living in the streets. Meanwhile, thoroughly evil people see their typically political careers skyrocket. And what do you make of that? Well, hopefully you make enough so that it doesn't bother you. Because typically when, when the evil people begin passing the shitty laws, it's the people They always benefit from it. And the people that they claim to be representing are the ones that always get screwed. Now, that's not to say that every politician is a rotten bastard, just most of them. And you know, when I first. Today's podcast is about a blog that I wrote. That was close. It was about 10 years ago. And I hesitated to post it. It was one that. Even for me, it was something that I I was like, "Ah, should I, should I not? And in the end, I posted it. And the reason for that was I, in the early days of the blog, I I usually censored. I would, not censoring, but I would edit and I didn't realize it, but I was censoring. And then I decided for a week, I would have a, a, I was posting it Monday through Friday, a 500 page blog or 500 word blog every day, Monday through Friday. And I decided for one week, I would simply do a spell check and post it. And so if you were one of the readers of the original blog, you found the wrong use of there, there, or there, past tense, future tense. You know, it was all over the place. But the if I left it alone and just did the spell check and then published it, when I came back later, I invariably loved what I wrote. But if I edited it right there, I found nothing but fault with it. And it really drove me crazy. So I, I I resolved I would not edit or censor myself. Because whatever I thought in the beginning is the way it should have been. And so in the end, I posted that blog. And it had to do with the Boston Marathon bombing. And it wasn't derogatory in any way towards the victims or anything. But it was bringing it up. And there were so many folks that were just so upset that I was like, okay, am I going to offend and lose readers? And it's... The three people that actually read this blog, are they going to be offended? And then in the end, I did it, and nobody blinked. It wasn't something, and it, it hit me. My demographic is not millennials. It's not Generation Z. It's not the people who are permanently upset and outraged over something. And that's what I should have gone with in the beginning and just realized. People gravitate towards what, the, you know, like attracts like. So guess what? I'm an obnoxious asshole. Guess who you are? Yeah, obnoxious assholes. Welcome to the club, folks. You're my people. But when you start thinking about your views of the world and your morality and all that, I got to go back to my... I have a relative that in their first semester of school, they were taking psychology, and they asked me a question, and they said, How do you view... How would you answer this question? You go into a burning building and there's a 99-year-old relative of yours that's dying of cancer and will die this week. And next to them is a baby. You don't know whose baby it is. You don't know anything about it other than it's just a living, innocent baby. Who do you save? Because you can only save one person. Without hesitation, my relative. That's a blood relative. I don't know whose baby that is. To me, this makes perfect sense. To them, I am a compartmentalized sociopath in that I view people in varying tiers of value. At the top tier, number one, blood relatives and my chosen people, my stepkid, anybody I I would marry, that type of thing. And then in tier two, oddly enough, pets. I love my pets. They're, They're, in some instances, they're very close to being family and blood tier 3 eh, distant relatives that are related by marriage close friends tier 4 more distant friends and the homeless despite the fact that and this is a side theory i'm not i'm fairly convinced that about 50% of all the homeless that you see on the streets don't really exist they're a figment of your imagination and guilt but back to subject and then the next tier down is the rest of humanity and then the furthest tier down is like the English, but that's yet another sidetrack. They said that the when it comes to valuing humanity, that was my fault. That was the, the, the place where I depart from 99% of humanity. And here's my question. Have you really questioned 99% of humanity, or are you just assuming? So if you take all that bizarre thinking and possibly borderline sociopathy And you cram it all into one one quick thought, you end up with today's episode. I got nothing on today's Caffeinated Humor. So I am no longer a gypsy. And that's the only positive of the situation. For those who have fallen behind, I tented my house and had it fumigated. Which was great, because now all the vermin are gone. But... While the house was tented, it got burglarized. My gut instinct is that the guys doing the house tenting did it. I like to apply Occam's razor to most things. Now, Occam's razor is the theory that the answer with the least assumptions is the right one. So instead of trying to figure out how somebody got through the seals, picked the lock, left no trace, took out their respirator and air tank so that they didn't die from the fumigation, grabbed a pillowcase, stuffed it with roughly 2K in jewelry, and snuck away with no one noticing. The easier explanation is that the guys who were unsupervised and had free access to prep the house put a bunch of shit in a pillowcase, put it in their duffel bag, and walked back to their truck when they left for the day. Lesson learned. Trust no one. The biggest suck point of the whole thing is that the things taken are not replaceable. I won't even get into that whole, karma sucks, they'll get theirs, whining shit. Mainly because karma has been on a fucking paid vacation for years. I mean, it only works sporadically like some sort of karmic Alzheimer's patient that only has rare moments of clarity. Screw it, I'd rather go back to being the untrusting shit I've always been, just a little more so. I'm kind of looking for some, some sort of karma overkill. Like the guy that burglarized my house gets arrested, he gets raped in jail, he gets AIDS, cancer, rickets, St. Vitus, dance, some sort of incurable form of rectal herpes, and he can't sleep. I mean, It's unlikely, but it would sure serve as an awesome warning. Plus, I'm a hungover today, and that doesn't help. It does, however, explain why the blog is a a couple hours late here. Doesn't excuse it, does tell you why at least. I'd written a fairly obscene paragraph to finish this off, offensive even by my standards. Now, it made reference to a couple of things that I wasn't happy with. But as I was writing it at the last second, I pulled it, rewrote, not rewrote, just removed one paragraph that I wasn't happy with and completely like just finished it this this way I wasn't in a place to finish it properly in my head, so I just kind of belted it out on on words. And true to form, it worked. And the main reason that everything was kind of up in the air was that somebody blew people up in Boston. So I got nothing. Boston, we're praying for you. I hope the guy that did this suffers in the manner I've described. No prayers for him. Time for some coffee now.